All right. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Deer Vein podcast. Before we get rolling, uh, we got the Dialed Archery crew on the podcast today talking about the new site they put out, and we're going to cover a few hunting stories this year um, and the new site and what they're all about and what they're doing. Um, they're some friends of mine that I've met through podcasting for the last couple of years. Great dudes. And um, yeah, they're starting a 100% USA made small business for the archery industry and making very uh, what do I want to say? Like use, uh, very specific products being very focused on what they, what they put out. So yeah, if you're interested in that, stick around for that, uh, on the podcast. And before we get going, I just want to say two things real quick is one, get entered to win the lone wolf custom gear 0.5 tree stand. Uh, had Cody DeQuisto on a few weeks ago and that tree stand is still up for grabs. Uh, we closed that on December 9th. I believe is when we close the content, uh, contest. So get entered to win that. Uh, all you got to do is go listen to that podcast and all the details on how to enter are there. All right. And the last thing is I do have like this stupid ass stuffy nose. So I apologize for that. If you guys can hear that in my voice or if I sound nasally at all, um, my bad, I've been trying to do I took like Afrin, I took uh, a decongestant and I did not, I didn't stoop low enough to the day quill today. Cause you guys aren't that important, but I was trying to, I was, I was just trying to clear it up a little bit. All right. So with that, let's jump in. How about you guys want to, you guys want to go around the room? Like, I don't know for me, left to right would, would start with Taylor, but whatever you guys want to do. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad. Uh, Taylor Coleman here uh, started, uh, got to know Deervane through owning Captured Creative, which is a media production company that Jordan Riley and I started um back in 2013 yep um so kind of got to know anthony through communicating through instagram and um just kind of went from there so we started uh dialed archery here this spring uh summer time frame with development and this fall we were finally able to let the cat out of the bag and start showing people what we were making so we'll get into that a little bit later yeah i'm scott bakken i'm the second in command, I guess you would say, or third in command, depending on the day. Uh, but one of, one of the owners of Dialed Archery. Um, never first? You never get the top spot? Now, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. Every day. Every day. Get the top spot. No, because then they, if you, once you get that spot, then everybody just expects more out of you. So we're <laughs> weird to talk on the way over here. I like, I like flying like below the radar. Like, Keep like those expectations like grounded, right? Yeah, no, I, if you set too high of expectations, you're just setting yourself to fail. So, yeah, nobody can see the video feed right now, but Scott is in a chair that is 12 inches higher than Taylor or mine. <laughs> well, I, I got to assert my dominance somehow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, so I'm, I'm one of the three owners of Dialed Archery. Uh, I've been in the archery industry pretty much my whole life. So that's kind of all, all I've done as far as a, a career goes. So, um, you know, when I've known Taylor and Jordan, who you'll meet here shortly um, for five years, yeah. four or five years. Yeah. Um, we started a working uh, relationship together um, in a previous life. And just as we got to know each other, just kind of realized like our goals and kind of, you know, our personalities are very similar. So when one day we all just kind of had a stick up our butt and was like, you know, we're ready for something new, a new challenge. And then, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember what the official day was, but we just said, you know, let's, let's do this. So 
that's kind of yeah. how dialed archery started. And it's just been a, you know, a snowball effect ever since. And, you know, we launched two weeks ago. Yep. Uh, was the official launch of dialed archery. And it's been, uh, it's been just, you know, nothing but excitement and the pre-launch um, the pre well unfortunately it's the pre-launch we wish we could be launching all product to be shipped well technically it's the launch but it's yeah. not the official like yeah like the baby was being made right it's just not <laughs> right yeah you put but the bun in the oven uh, now it's got to cook now yeah. everybody knows its name it's like when you when you have a baby and you you uh you announce some people tell every start telling everybody its name like a month before it's actually born yeah. That's kind of what that's kind of the phase that we're at, right? We now. don't know the gender yet, but we know the name. <laughs> <laughs> but so, anyways, yeah, Scott, so, Scott, I hear that's interchangeable throughout life. Anyway, it's fine. I mean, it, it can identify whatever it wants, <laughs> yeah. but it's still going to be it's still going to be a, an archery site, whether it wants to or not. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, Jordan's turn. Yeah, yeah, now, now yeah. I'm Jordan Riley, and as you can see, Dial does not have an HR department yet, so we're pretty fast and loose. Uh, no, I uh, also part of Capture Creative, which is how we all got synced up in the first place and um, working on more creative work with with Dialed now as we move forward. So, yeah, and super excited for it. To give a little bit of a backdrop, I guess we didn't do a very good job when we started our intros, but um, we're sort of the uh, the sales and marketing side of of Dialed. Um, we, we don't have the brains in the engineering department, which we brought in couple of guys to help us with that, but I'm uh, more handling the marketing side of things. Scott's super uh, well-versed with the sales and marketing side. And then uh, Jordan is a creative wizard when it comes to graphic design and, and handling like brand creativity with where the direction of the company is going. So when you, when you look at our website and you look at social media and think it looks like it's already got its uh, underneath itself, that's because of Jordan. So. <laughs> he, he makes us look like like we're the the beautiful girls at the dance, not the degenerates that we really are. Hey, I can <laughs> I can I can polish a turd, man. I can yeah. polish a turd. <laughs> <It's a good laughs> like Taylor said, so we have two engineers that uh, you know, like when Dialed started, you know, we kind of knew we had an idea, right? Like right. we kind of knew what we wanted to start with, but not any of us having really any engineering so, or. Yeah. So like what? Okay, well, just to back back you up, Scott. Sorry to interrupt you. Okay. Oh, no, go ahead. So you guys are okay. First of all, Scott, how did you meet Taylor and Jordan? So my previous uh the where I used to work, um, we were in need of some content creation. Um, you know, we had uh we had people like kind of out there like testing the product or whatever, but we anytime it came to any sort of like digital copy or ad copy or even uh, finding photos for the catalog, we, we struggled. Just, we didn't really have any really, what I would call like high quality photos. Like we had, we had some really good stuff, but just nothing that really was like that exciting or that really impressed you. So I don't even remember how we met. I don't know if it was just a general email, like. I think it was through social media. Yeah, somehow. Yeah. We, started a, we started as kind of pro staff. And then it, it moved using the product there. and then it, yeah. it grew into content creation. And then eventually, um, Jordan and I are Minnesota. Nice. We live in Minnesota. We've always lived in Minnesota. So 
we don't come out of the gate just swinging, trying to tell everybody and sales pitch everybody on everything we can do. Oh, you were pretty pushy at first. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it, takes, it takes a little, uh, it, took, it always takes a little bit for us to um, slowly kind of infiltrate and, and show us people what we could do and, and how we can do it. And once Scott found out that we could do like the professional videos, you know, where it's like a product release video and stuff like that. They, they were my best option at the time. Yeah. Awesome. But yeah, so that, that's, we, there weren't many options. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. no, but uh, yeah, so we met on previous, you know, previous projects and okay. it, just as we, you know, did more with each other and worked with each other. Um, that's what kind of formed the the friendship and relationship, and then eventually into business partners. Gotcha. Um, and I mean, I can tell you, like, it took many years before we decided individually that we would actually want to go into business together. But eventually it was like, well, I guess we might as well just try it. Yeah. <laughs> what the, yeah. How bad could this really be? Yeah. Like, yeah. How bad could this really but, be? I mean, like, in all seriousness, serious note, like, I mean, before we get into like the whole dial, like on the product level, I mean, that's like up until this point. Um, I mean, I can say like throughout my career, like the dialed team is a very unique um, team in the fact that like, we're all very similar and we have similar backgrounds as far as like our passion for archery and the outdoors and like high quality products and gear and stuff, but we all complement each other very well. And each one of our skill sets, even though there's some overlapping, like in particular with like Taylor and Jordan, their creative background, like I am not a creative person. Like, I mean, I don't like coloring within the lines, like, <laughs> but these are very, very creative. So like, there's a lot of, um, like, like I said, we complement each other and like Taylor and I with our sales and marketing background and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think as far as a team, you couldn't build a better team than what we have. And even like with the engineers, although, um, you know, they're part of our team, but like they fit very, very well. And, you know, and that's, that's what kind of how dialed was born was it stemmed from us building this team and then coming up with the idea. So like the analogy we used on a podcast yesterday was, you know, we came up with this recipe, but we didn't know if it would work. Right. Like we all, like I've had ideas in my head for ever mm-hmm. and, Taylor had ideas, Jordan had ideas, but it's like, we had no, you know, some of them were pretty like, all right, like, I mean, pretty far out there. And they, they are not in the product. They're not in the product now, <laughs> but some of them are though. I mean, yeah. yeah. But then also like, you know, our engineers threw in their, uh, you know, a lot of, a, a lot, lot of, of like, you know, kind of like knowledge and- some new stuff. So it's, it literally was like just hodgepodge idea of all these ideas from individual people. And then it's, it's like it's a it's melting just, pot. It is. It's and a it's, melting pot, and then trusting to let the people who are good at what they do do their thing. Yeah. So like stepping back and just letting the engineers do their thing, and then when they have questions, we come in and bounce ideas off of them or help they answer had, it. But they had ideas. Where I was like, "There's no way that's going to work," and it and it does. It worked. And it, yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah. It's a very why. interesting dynamic, but yeah. it's 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 like a powerhouse as far as like the team that we have built. So I mean, that's. And, and I think that shows in the product that we have right now is that it, yeah. it all works. Awesome. Yeah. And then you guys are, are all of you out of Minnesota? Uh, well, as far as the, the, 
like actual dialed team. Um, so I'm originally from Wisconsin, but I'm relocating to Minnesota, unfortunately. <laughs> I know. I'm originally from Minnesota, and even at 11 years old, I said I'm never going back. And it is 25 years later, I'm I'm going back. I'd say skull bikes, but let's be honest, we have nothing to be proud of when it comes to that. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Luckily, the hunting's pretty decent. Otherwise, I probably never would have entertained it. But yeah, yeah. How long does uh, season? How long does late season roll for? How long does your season guys go? The thirty first, December thirty first. Okay, gotcha. I mean, so you could still swing back. Wisconsin's open till the thirty first this year. They're all yeah. a bunch of the counties are of uh, January, so full extra month. Huh. All right, so. All right. So we've got that groundwork laid. So then, um, so you guys just sat around and said what I want to build a bow site or was it like, I want to do this. I want to do that. There were like all these ideas and you guys just settled on a bow site. There's definitely. So when dialed archery first started, like in the inception phases of what, what is this company going to be? I mean, if you wanted to really go back, I won't, I'll make it short, but when we first started talking, it wasn't even necessarily in the archery industry. It was just that we all wanted to start a business together. And we quickly looked at like, okay, what are we good at? What do we enjoy? What's our hobby? That kind of thing. And you narrow it straight down into archery pretty quick or hunting and then archery. Um, and then when you get into products, I mean, we have a lot of product ideas that may see the light of day someday if all goes well. Um, but when you look at a bow, the most important thing on a bow is the sight. I mean, you can make do with just about not, nothing else on the bow besides needing a sight, unless if you're shooting a recurve. And um, we looked at too, just kind of like, I mean, like Taylor was saying, when you look at a bow and like everything that goes into it, like what, where, what area could use like yeah. reinventing or like, yeah. what, like what, where was there a void? and yeah. Like you look at the site category and even though it is a site, a saturated category, it's a very dull category. Like there hasn't really been anything exciting in that category for quite some time. Decades. And so I don't want to say that was like the low hanging fruit, but that was also like the greatest opportunity to really like do something with it. And we had some ideas or, I mean, we quickly formed ideas on the technolo technological side of both sites that we were that we can dive into here in a little bit, but we wanted to it's also kind of the coolest, yeah, like part of it too. But yeah. so that, I mean, really, that's what it came down to is just yep. where was the best opportunity, even though I mean, we had other ideas that we were going to start with, but it always came back to the site. Like yep. when we would talk about all these different product ideas, we kind of be like, well, what, what would you do? Like, what would you do different? Like, where's a what's a yep. problem that could be fixed? And it was always just kind of like, you know, I don't really know, but then it always went back to like, well, we could do this for a site. Like, what if you had a site like this? Or what if you did that? Right. So there was obviously more energy and like more excitement with that category. So that's, that's ultimately how we ended up there. Um, and yep. then it just, yeah, we, we've never looked back. And the nice thing is, is like, like Taylor said, there's starting with the way we did, we all, there are ideas in the hopper for future markets. Right. So it, we kind of like, yeah you know, we started a lot of other yeah. ideas from the initial it's, inception it, of Dialed. So we already kind of have a framework laid. There's some other products we would really love to come up with right right now, but we just being uh, 
you know, you're, you're very well aware, Anthony, from following along with Dialed since the beginning, but with being a startup and, and funding it all ourselves, it's, it's one of those things where we had to pick like a product and start with that, especially with how much time and effort and energy and money we stuck into the development side of this one product. Um, we would be very broke if we tried to come up with four products at the same time. <laughs> We're basically broke. We are (laughs) really waiting on that pre-order money. (laughs) No, I think that's one of the things too, is like we have all these ideas and obviously with a startup, you really have to learn how to lean on your patients and know that, Hey, like these ideas are working. You just kind of have to let's perfect this one thing, walk before you can run kind of a deal. The phrase pull back the reins gets used a lot because I come into conversations about (laughs) one the week and i'm like let's do this 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 i want this done <laughs> everybody's like hold your horses a little bit here. yeah but we'll have a better product because of it yeah so. yeah so okay so the big idea here is you guys want to uh one of the other pieces i guess one of the other things i want to note is is you guys are a direct-to-consumer brand too which right for, 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 that's, for, yeah. for now for now for um now. so when when dialed started, that was like the big kind of question was like, how, you know, how far did we want this to go as far as like the, the sales channels? And, um, so I, I get the, the, the easy answer is yes. Like we are a direct to consumer brand for now, but a lot of that is by design with, you know, like Jordan said, walking before we run, before we open the floodgates, because like the whole concept of dialed is quality, whether it's the product or, the team or infrastructure, like everything is quality. So we're very conscientious of every step of the process being quality. So that's, that's the kind of what the direct consumer is. That's kind of our testing ground, right? So like making sure not only the product is as good as it can be, but also we can be as good as we can be our customer service, our infrastructure, our supply chain, everything is the way it needs to be before we start opening to other sales channels, but then also it comes down to profitability as well. Like, because we are funding this ourselves, like every dollar we make is going back into the company. And, you know, as soon as you open up the doors to other sales channels, that lessens your profitability, which we will get to the point where we can Mm -hmm. afford that. But right now we can't like, you know, we need, we need the best foundation we can both financially and quality. So directing consumer, you know, you maintain that control and that quality, you know, control. So um, for now we are direct consumer, but I mean, we've had a ton of inquiries by dealers all across the country and internationally wanting to know if we have a dealer program and, you know, that is, that is in the plans. It's just, we don't have the date. We don't have the means of rolling that out right now. Yeah. I mean, there's still a lot we're figuring out with our manufacturing and um, heck we don't even have the, I mean, we're at pre-order phase. So like we don't even have product in hand to these guys call us and they're like, can I put a bow side order? And it's like, yeah, I wish I, I wish I could have, I wish I had myself too. Yeah, I wish <laughs> I had, we're, we're still growing here. And that was one of the things like at the beginning, uh, one of the things I pushed for really hard on the marketing side was opening up the doors to dialed archery sooner than what probably the rest of the team felt comfortable doing. Um, and by opening up the doors, meaning on like social media, being open on social media and, and bringing people along for the prototyping process. I mean, if we were going to run this like most companies would, nobody would even know about dialed archery yet. 
Right. This would be something that we wouldn't have a social media page. We wouldn't have our website live because we would be testing and doing all this stuff behind the scenes because that's usually where it's done. And then you come out and there, there's definitely things that we've kind of have to bite our, our lip or tongue a little bit. Sometimes with like our prototypes right now, there's a lot of imagery out there where we've already changed some stuff. And it's just, it's one of those things where that's what prototypes are for. And we wanted the consumer base and the user base of dialed archery to feel like they could learn and, and see that process with us. Because ultimately that's why we started this company in the first place is because we wanted to be a brand that people could get behind and they felt like they were part of that people could be a part of. And we are bow hunters, just like everybody else. We're not sitting here just with a pile of money and a cool idea to start an archery company. It's like, no, it's honestly the opposite. It's like, we're bow hunters who see a need for something new and we don't have the money to do it, but we're going to try to do it anyways. So it's, uh, yeah, that's well, and like Taylor, I mean, Taylor's been in charge of social media and he's done a great job with it. And, and like you said, it's like pretty much everything from start to finish, like we've kind of done like the opposite of what the industry norm is, but like, we didn't want to be just like another company that launches products. And then it's like, all right, buy our stuff, you know, like, yeah, it's we, like, like serious. It's, yeah. it's like, oh, here's this cool, here's this cool product. And here's the product launch video. And you know nothing else about it, but instead people on, so if they've been following us on social and as we get closer to production, it's going to ramp up even more as we get products in hand to be able to show people the difference between the prototype frame and the production model frame and why we changed the things we did so that people understand like why they saw the prototype this fall and how it changed for the better. Well, and I mean, like, like having the social media presence early that opened the door to consumer feedback, even though yes, they yeah. physically haven't been able to touch the product. But yeah. like, that's like so many companies, like they say, oh, we value consumers opinion. Well, by the time the consumers can give their opinion, the product's already done and completed. Yep. So right. like, I mean, we've gotten a ton of feedback just like in the last couple yeah. of weeks where it's like, I mean, it's stuff that we've thought about, but we didn't really know, like, uh, I mean, we could go either way. Well, prime example is like the multi-pin configuration. Yeah. We were going to launch with a three and a five pin horizontal multi-pin, or we are launching with that this next year for the Arxos site. And through like, we've all had meetings internally and like picked the ones we wanted. And then kind of grudgingly in the last couple of weeks through consumer feedback, on our page getting so many people asking for vertical pin configurations that we're like having meetings last minute here like okay we probably got to listen to them and we're going to have a so our goal right now it's not official yet and we'll launch that stuff officially when we have the info but you know we're going to try to have a three and a five pin horizontal as well as like a double pin and a three pin vertical setup for people to try and take care of the multiple needs that uh, that our users are showing that they want so it's it's listening to feedback like that to where if we if we were to wait till next summer and launch our three and five pin horizontal setups it'd be like another two years before we'd have vertical pins but because we're at this like play-doh stage of development we can still meld it to be what the user wants to see yeah I, i like that from a consumer standpoint I like that, but, and I don't know how you, 
I hope you guys are getting the customers that are like this and not saying that I like in a way like me where it, I understand that you're going through a process and I'm not pissed that you're changing shit. Right. Mm. Like I I'm sure there's people who are like, well, why'd you change this? Why'd you change that? You guys should have done this. And like, they tell you how you should build your product. Right. Yeah. Oh, there's I'm, been a handful. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's, Right. There's been, I mean, but it's probably underneath a handful, like literally five awesome. people have like sent us messages and they, they think that their engineers or that they think their engineer mind is smarter than the engineers that we, that have many, many years of experience on our team. And it's right. like, well, well, and that's, but, we say like, you know, we value, I mean, we do, whether it's positive or negative, like any feedback is better than no feedback, Oh yeah. but it doesn't mean we're going to listen to you. Right. Well, <laughs> Well, yeah, and we're not. No, that's that's yeah. true, but I guess my. I mean, we, we have to do what's best for for us and the product. But I mean, we do. We generally do like appreciate any feedback. But I mean, that was like, I mean, going back to when we started this thing, like our motto is: it's like dialed archery. It's products built for bow hunters by bow hunters. So, right. and the only way you accomplish that is by getting feedback and stuff. So, I mean, the good, the bad, it doesn't matter. But we also know, like, ultimately, our products. Like we have, like we have the way we want things to look and be done. And we know in the end, like, you're not going to make everybody happy. Our products aren't going to be for everybody. Like, and we know that, like, and for the yeah. people that don't like that, like, we're sorry, but that's just, I mean, that's the way that's the, that's the business we want is yeah. we want high-end products that aren't necessarily meant for everybody, but for the people that do want them, they're going to appreciate it. And like, well, and support we, us 100%. So, well, and I mean, it's specifically calling out the price point. I mean, if the price point was any lower, we wouldn't be able to take care of the people the way that we want to take care of them. Right. We want to provide okay. a USA made product with a lifetime warranty, no BS warranty, where you're not submitting a serial number. There's no serial number printed on your bow site. It's just if you own an Arxos bow site or a dialed archery product, you call us when there's an issue and we take care of you're it. Not, you're not just paying for premium products. It's you're basically paying for an insurance service. policy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So hold on, hold on. Cause I want to, I want to get there, but I, but I want to <laughs> back up a second. Okay. So the reason, the reason I brought that up is because I feel like a lot of businesses are afraid to showcase what they're doing. Cause they're afraid of negative feedback, but it's awesome. You guys are getting overwhelmingly positive. The other thing in with, with the internet and how many products there are out there today, like one of the reasons I bought from you guys is because I trust you guys. Like I know that what I buy today, even if what shows up at my door in the summer of 2022 is different, I know that there's a reason you guys changed it. Right. Yeah. And it's slightly, it's not going to be this whole brand new thing, but it's going to be configured differently. There might be something different. Or I also know that if there is something major, you guys are going to very likely send me an email and say, hey, thank you so much for your pre-order. We found a defect here. We're going to change this just so you know, right? Yeah. So like I, when you're spending the, the money that we do on this site, like I'm spending, I'm not spending it on the site's phenomenal and it looks great and I'm excited to try it, but I'm, I'm putting my, my faith in you guys. And that's, that's how I buy products nowadays is I put faith in the people behind them. And, and just hope that they're going to do the right thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we appreciate your purchase too, by the way. You bet. Um, uh, I mean, and that's one thing, like, in fact, Taylor and I talked about on the way over here, just about transparency. And like, if yeah. I think everybody has seen so far, like we've been probably like a little too transparent at times, but at the same time, like we don't have anything to hide. And that's, 
like that's not what we're about like you know like even though this is our business like we want anybody that supports us or wants to be part of dialed like we want them to feel like they're part of it too so that's why like the pre-launch and all that stuff like that gives time for people to give us their feedback positive or negative and like you said even though when we actually start shipping product yes there's going to be differences but it's not like what you saw in November and what you get in February are like black and white differences. No. Like, like I can it's tell you, I can tell you right now, it's just in the last, changes. it's literally nothing like that you would notice. It's no. stuff that we notice because we're looking at like the parts, like very intimately and like looking at tolerances and dimensions yeah. and stuff like that. It's not like, yeah, you're buying a Chevy in November and then you're getting a Ford in February. Like no. most right. 99% of people will not tell the difference. We tell the difference because we're looking at it through a magnifying glass, but, um, but like you said, if we're making changes, it's for a reason and it's for the best, because at the end of the day, we are not putting out a product unless we would use it and we're a hundred percent satisfied with it. And if we're not, then it's not happening. So, yep. So since Taylor and Jordan are Minnesota, nice Scott, (laughs) let's talk about the actual site. Let's actually, before this is what I, before we got into the warranty, Taylor, I wanted to Okay. You like, let's talk about the site, describe it to the listeners, what it offers, what's unique about it, what's different and how you guys have kind of uh, reinvented the site, as you guys said. So, I mean, from like, for the average, like consumer, the average hunter, like if you looked at the actual site, like it looks for the most part, like another movable site, like, um, and that it, it, and it is, it, it's an, it's an adjustable uh, site. So it's got a yardage wheel on it and everything. But if you actually dive into the technology behind it, there's actually nothing like not, nothing about the Arctos has ever been done before. Um, so there's a lot of patent pending. Stuff. There's a lot of patent pending stuff on there. And yeah. like I said, there's ideas that our engineers came up with that I flat out was like, you like, are you serious? It's not going to work. It's not like, going to work, but we're, it did like, once we're, we... we're paying you guys. And this is the best that you, this is what you came up with. But yeah. so like, for example, like we'll start like probably there's the two most like iconic features of the Arxel site. The Arxel site is the void dial uh, system and then the um, angled elevation system. So I would say those are two are our two most proprietary features. Yeah. Um, starting with the void dial one, cosmetically, I mean, it when you see that site and you see that big donut hole, you know that's a dialed archery site. Like plain and simple, you know, that's one thing from like my background going to archery events and stuff. Like I could look at somebody's bow and be like, Oh, that's an Excel. That's a black gold. That's a spot hawk just because I'm in it and I can tell, but the average person doesn't know that. So from a branding standpoint, that void dial is very recognizable, but functionality wise, um, you know, there's a lot that it does as well. Um, so one, I mean, that dial's removable, so you can change out your yardage rings. Um, you can run your yardage tape on the inside of the site, the outside of the site. You could run double yardage tapes if you wanted to. Um, so there's a lot that goes along with that void dial system. Um, and then when you look at the angled elevation system, so every other adjustable site has a straight up perpendicular elevation bar. And so that was the one idea that the engineers came up with where I was like, you guys are high off your asses. Like (laughs) that's never been done before. And there's a reason for it. But then when we got into it and, you know, they came up with the CAD drawings, I, I was the biggest skeptic until 
we got the prototypes. I was like, this isn't going to work. This is a waste of time. So the whole idea behind that, that angled uh, vertical racking is as you rotate your dial to longer distances and the scope housing goes down the rack, um, the scope housing is actually getting closer to your peep site. So when the scope housing gets closer to your peep site, it raises your impact point. So ultimately at the, the easy way to put it is with that system, we're flattening the trajectory curve. So as you're rotating the diet to go to longer distances, the scope housing is getting closer to your peep, it's raising your impact point. When you get to farther distances, the yardage marks on your sight tapes are actually getting closer together rather than farther apart. So oh, where, no. where it comes into that. play is for people that want to shoot longer range, not that we're promoting, you know, longer distance shots, but if you're going to like any of the 3D shoots, like the Total Archery Challenge, Mountain Archery Festival, most sight companies tapes only take you to hundred yards, but a lot of people can't get to that hundred yard mark. A lot of them max out at like 80, 90 yards just because of their setup. Yeah. But we have proven through testing that with that AES system, you can gain anywhere from 15 to 20 more additional yards. So not only does it extend your range, but like for shooters that have short draw lengths or lower poundage where capability wise, they, they have the capabilities of shooting longer distance, but their system just won't allow them to. Now with the Arctos and that angled eleva elevation system, you can extend your range. Okay. That's sweet. I didn't know that. And, and I... Yeah. You know, I looked at it and I was like, okay, it's angled. I wonder what that's going to do. But that was as far as my thought process got. Yeah. yeah. And we, that's, that's part of how you jumped onto this at, at the beginning of the pre-order phase. Like we, us three are planning internally to be launching videos here in like the coming month and or two months, even during pre-order to help explain some of that stuff more to, to the people who are wondering. So you'll see, yeah. you'll see more content explaining all of this stuff where we have, yeah wizard man with his words right there explaining all of his uh and that's and we, we've been getting a ton of feedback on social and email like like asking questions because i can't find the information on the website but that's just because the website's only two weeks old so like <laughs> just give us time like you know like we'll, all the any any bit of information you want it'll be there like we're working on it but so like i said those are the two like kind of proprietary um features and like with the angled elevation system, like everybody's like, well, as a scope housing gets closer to your peep, is that going to change your sight picture with your peep alignment? And normally it would, but because of that 20 degree angle at the very, from the top to the bottom, it's less than three quarters of an inch difference. So it's not enough difference to where it's going to change your alignment. So like, it's the same thing. Like if you were to, like, if you took a, like anybody else's sight that's on a dovetail frame, yeah. And you started with that dovetail extended as far out as it could. And then you started shooting, but slowly moving the scope, how the, the sight back on the front, on the dovetail, yeah. you'd see that your arrows would start impacting higher and higher and higher. But it literally, it's like an inch to two inch of movement before your, your, uh, peep alignment with your scope changes. Yeah. So before you'd actually buy, go and buy a different peep, you, right. you wouldn't, you wouldn't buy a different peep for moving your housing three quarters of an inch. It has to be at least like an inch to two inch difference before gotcha. it changes. So that was all part of that, that design. Um, but then, so then moving forward with like the Arxos, I mean, we have macro and micro windage adjustment, um, second and third axis. Uh, the other big key feature is our scope housing system, which we call mags. 
Um, so we right now, all the pre-orders are for a single pin post with which uh, what we call our stub XR pin, which is a single pin. So you have, you have a one pin post with a single pin at the top, but then we give you a second reference pin at the base of the pin. So now you have your, your single pin that you're running with your tape, but then you also have a second reference mark as well, um, which that's for my previous um, experience as well as the feedback we received um, with dialed is that was one thing a lot of people were interested in. But then when you look at that, you'll notice that most scope housings have their level in the bottom of the scope housing where ours is at the top. Um, so the reason for that is it gives you the most and clearest sight picture. And the second part of that is, um, you know, a lot of people don't realize how important a level is. And it's amazing how many people don't use their level. And when you're not using your level, like a lot of times you'll be shooting and one day you'll be like just stacking them dead on. And then the next day you'll go and shoot and you're consistently throwing arrows left or right. And a lot of that is due to the cant of your bow. So like if you're a right-handed shooter and you can't your bow to the left, you're going to shoot to the right and vice versa. So if your level's dead on, you'll shoot dead on. But with the, with the bubble at the bottom of the scope housing, in order to look at that, you are always having to take your eye off the target, which when you're doing that, you're wasting time and you're wasting energy. Yeah. So you're supposed to be focusing on the target the whole time, right? But yeah. with the level in the top, you almost stare right through it to look at your target. So it's, all, it's in your peripheral. So you're not having to take your eye off the target to look at your level. So yeah. it, hopefully it'll get more people using their level because they should be if they're not. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then back to the whole mag system, like I said, the initial mag is a one pin with the Steb XR pin. But then as Taylor uh, alluded to earlier, we will have a three and a five pin um, available and all the mags are interchangeable. Yeah. So if you buy it with a one pin post, you can switch it to a three or five pin later on down the road. And it's just right. one set screw that pops out. Yeah. It, so attaches, it's super, super yeah. easy. it attaches something that I found really awesome. Yeah, it attaches to the windage. And I will obviously make videos explaining all this a lot more in the future here. But the the whole concept behind it, like one of the major things that we put on the on a piece of paper at the beginning of dialed archery when we were starting with a bow site was that we wanted to create a system that allowed for people like us who are based in the Midwest or people out West who want to go to the Midwest to hunt whitetail to have a bow site that they could buy and put a different housing on it very easily. Um, so that, that's why that mag system got designed the way it did um, to be able to swap out your mags and use different pin configurations, whether you're just playing some guys like a single pin for practicing in the summer and then they want multi-pin for hunting. But for us, the whole mag swap idea from inception was simply because we're whitetail hunters and we like a like a one or a three pin whitetail hunting, but we always end up using that same site out West. And when you're out West hunting, you're kind of like, man, I wish I had a three or a five pin. I've never seen right. that. For, for that setup. <laughs> And when you hunt all wet, Scott's or, a diehard single pin guy, but we're working on changing them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Oh man. I've never, have, so I've never have. used a single pin in my life. Oh, if you, if you knew how to use it, what we call the right way, you would never shoot a three or five pin ever again. But anyways, <laughs> I'm basically done. Well, let, no, I would like to, what's the right way, Scott? It's that, that's, a, I mean, that could be a whole nother podcast in itself. It's just, ultimately 
if you if you know your setup and you know how to use a single pin, you're the most accurate you will ever be with a single pin from start to finish. Right. So you can find your you can find your you can find the sweet spot on your dial where you can cover the most range yeah. with one pin, and then anything past that, you're going to get the range and adjust to it. But yeah. so real quicky, it's just with a single pin, all your energy is on the target rather than the pin. Because when you have three or five pins and you're having to adjust for the yardage and pick what pin you need to use, you're switching back and forth from the target to the pin, which again, waste time and waste energy, where with one pin, you can just focus on the target. And it's, I always compare it to like shooting a handgun or a shotgun, wherever you look, the pin's going to go. So it's kind of a point and shoot method, but so that's, that's my, that's my, yeah. The reason I, so I, the reason I wanted to ask you about that is because a buddy of mine, uh, this, uh, this fall, he shot a nice bull elk and he goes, yeah, man, I was watching this guy over the summer and he's like, I have a three pin, but I just dropped my two pins and I just put my one in there. And he goes, just find the yardage that gives you like either, you know, two to three inches up or down on a bowl and leave it at that yardage, whether it's 15 or 35 and you're going to go. And he ended up shooting his bowl at 32 on a pin that was set for like, I think 24 or something like that. And he's like, I double lunged it and it dumped. So it's a lot of people over and like overthink the whole single pin thing. And ultimately like, I mean, like it's, it's, it's yeah, it's whatever people are the most comfortable with and feel the most confident. I mean, that's why we're offering all the different options is we want to make sure everybody, you know, is able to buy what they're used to and what they're comfortable with. But yeah, I mean, like you, you can, you can cover a lot more distance with one pin than most people think. Yeah. And we'll do like, we have to do that. Like it's, oh, my, it's my favorite. Find like, a point blank zero. Yeah. Fine. Like there's a test you can do to figure all that out. And it's, it's one of my favorite things to like do, but yep. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people just over complicate the single. You gonna, yeah. You going to post that on the dialed page? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, you guys have be... a, do you guys have a YouTube as well? Mm-hmm. It's set up right now. There's a couple videos on it, but nothing explanation at instructional wise, but we'll getting into 2022. There'll probably be uh, 50 videos that are up there by the end of next year. So, okay. Check it out. Awesome. Yeah. Cause the I'm, next, I'm the next, the next, uh, kind of technological thing or uh, that was important to us that I'm going to let Jordan get into the weeds on is the Cerakote process that we, the finished process that we chose for our bow site. Yeah. So most, when you look across the the industry and kind of most finishings on what people use for aluminum is anodizing, um, which works, it's fine, um, but it's really limiting when it comes to color. And it also is, um, there's kind of like a wide berth of what anodizing can look like from one batch to the next. Um, so we kind of thought, you know, what else, what else could we do? What else is out there in the industry and in the firearms industry right now, Cerakoting is Bitch. like huge. It is what everybody's doing. It's what everybody wants. Options are, are endless. It's, you know, it protects aluminum every bit as good as anodizing does. Way better. Um, yeah. And, and better. <laughs> um, so that's how we kind of came up with the idea of, um, of finishing the sites which opened up the doors to what we're calling dialed custom. Um, so instead of, you know, most everybody else in the industry, you, your choice is black or black when it comes to finishes, which is, you know, that's fine. But um, when it comes to coating, we really kind of have blown open the doors of possibilities um, and are the only site company right now offering any additional options um, as far as colors. So you can, you know, you can build out 
you know, whatever, whatever color combo you want on our 3d designer on our website and, um, match it up to the rest of your setup and, and, uh, really, really make it yours and unique to you. Yeah. We got four, four colors for the frame, like sort of for the body of the bow site. Um, and then there's 13 colors right now for the, uh, void dial that is replaceable. So you can actually, uh, have multiple dials, even if you're strictly uh, trying to just be different from one week to the next, you can literally just change out your dial to a different color. It's kind um, of like a mood ring. So yeah. depending on your mood, that you can <laughs> swap your dial out. We've joked that you can have a whole, all kinds of little dials and that could be the-, uh, the you, guys need to, you guys need to uh, do some sort of video where you're hanging out with somebody who's got one of these sites and be like, Hey man, you're looking a little blue today. Here's a, here's a blue dial for you. Today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's basically where I'm at. Mine is like a sad blue right now. So we can get to that later. Yeah. Show, show up to the ring. Right? Yeah. You put on, put on red in the morning. It's kill day. It is. Oh yeah. Let's it's go. kind of like those snicker bar commercials that you see where they hand them a Snickers and then everything's better. Yeah. They'll just right. hand them a different color dial and they'll feel better. Yeah. Yeah, I chose the the very plain black and black and green. I am a uh, I've been a black and green guy before John Dudley, so I have like that's I just I'm sticking there. Um, but yeah, I'm in that same on that same boat. Um, but I do like so you guys have the what's that? I was gonna say that's the awesome part about it is I mean we've actually had a lot of pre orders come in at black. I mean just they but then they're able to they're able to put a little dash of color on it with, with a dial color. Right. And that's, it, it's just fun. It's, it's really an, I guess you could call it an unnecessary feature of the bow site. It's not going to make the bow site function any differently, but makes it look cool. it's fun. It's fun. And that's what we're right. all here to do is have fun. And it's going to make, uh, I'm sure that the three of us are going to have some major headaches in the coming years when it comes to skews and <laughs> managing all these color options but hey it's that's it's just a fun thing to be able to customize it and make it that's color the whole point want. is to make our lives more difficult and miserable and that's why we did this <laughs> yeah uh, and make you so. like the look yep i appreciate it i appreciate it <laughs> um what are so i'm on the website right now and for everybody listening if you haven't gone check this out you know take a look dialedarchery.com uh, and then you just click on shop and you get to see the site, the Arxos site, and they got a little, uh, it rotates, you get to grab it, you get to move it around on the website, zoom in, zoom out. So I'm looking at it right now. And on the top of the mag, there is, it looks like a latch that goes forward and backwards. And then there's a red and green dot button in there. What are, what's that? That's the fiber optic wrap. So, okay. Fiber comes through the pin around the scope housing, and then that's it's all housed up on top of the scope housing. So that's where the majority of the light gets gathered. So that's where the fiber optic wrap is contained. And then there's like that little door that slides back and forth. So yeah. that's how you control how much fiber optic is exposed to the light. Yeah. So then you can dim or brighten your pin depending on the time of day or or whatever. So and then coming in the near future. Uh, we will have as an additional um, accessory, a sight light. Um, so like if you're hunting on a ground blind or dark timber or whatever, there right. will be additional light available for brightening the pins even more. Yeah. Um, and we're still like, as far as like that fiber optic, like we're still in testing as far as, you know, how much fiber <laughs> optic can be included. And I mean, right now it's, I mean, 
the ones that we've been running have worked very well um, with exception to Jordan's, but um, <laughs> that was one of the first ones that got assembled. So that was a late night. Like this is good enough. It's just Jordan's site. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Five, five beers in six beers. in, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. So anyways, but yeah, so that's the whole concept of that, of that fiber optic wrap is everything's housed on top. It's very neat contained uh, protected. And, but then you do have the capabilities of adjusting the brightness with that, uh, with that slide. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. All right. Any, anything else? Um, so we talked about, uh, uh it'd, be, it'd be important to note too, before we get down some other trail that right now on the website, you can order the, the bow site with the dovetail frame and the we are also going to have a fixed frame uh, more hunter scott hunter always bracket. calls it a hunt hunter bracket um and a picatinny mount uh for the hoyt bows out there uh, we've been getting a lot of questions about that and that that's coming it's 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 really close we're expecting to have it available to start pre-ordering like maybe right after the first of the year kind of time frame that we'll have that up on the pre-order options as well so there are, but there are more options coming. It's just that yeah. that's the initial, the initial Started launch with the dovetail option. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. So then in terms of, cause I know, uh, Matthews came out with right their V3X and this sits right in that riser, right? That may, that may or may not be why we started with the dovetail. <laughs> right. Yep. I, I would imagine. Um, so like with my, so I have a VXR, do I need to get anything extra or am I going to be able to just get this and hook it up? It'll be, it'll be ready to go right out of the box. Yep. There's a, there's a dovetail bracket that's included with every, every dovetail site. Okay, perfect. All right. So then the fun part, um, 500 bucks. Yeah. Nice. Right. It was at 650. If anybody wants to know the back history on that, yeah. we got it down to five or 475 is what you can get the base price at. So, right. Yep. And kind US, of this U.S. manufacturing is expensive right now. I mean, with the cost of aluminum and I mean, because we are a startup, like we don't own our own machine shop. We don't have our own machinists. So we are outsourcing the machining. So, you know, there is an additional cost with that, but um, you know, part of it too is just a lot of the machine shops Taylor, I mean, has kind of been, um, spearheading spearheading it. this more than any of us but just you know it, it's still kind of dealing with that COVID hangover like everybody's so busy time is limited so people are up charging for their services and it's just you know it's not yeah. that you know we're charging that because we want to charge that it's just our costs are higher because of everything that's going on and you know like we mentioned before it is a premium price but it is a premium product yeah. but it's not just you're not just paying for the product you're paying for the customer uh service you're paying for the warranty you're paying for i mean everybody that's behind it like and that's kind of like the whole dialed like thing is is we don't we, it's all about the experience right it's not just about selling products like it's yeah. there's a lot of other value there like um you know if anybody has problems you know who to get a hold hold of right like you're not going right. to call and get the recording it's going to be one of us three yeah. You know, or if you reach out on social media, you're going to get Taylor. If you send an email to the support email, you're going to get me, you know, yeah. if you walk into a coffee, coffee shop in the day, you'll probably see Jordan. <laughs> but, uh, so it's, it, it, it's, it is a premium price and we do like, we'll, we're fully aware of that. Right. It's not like we're sure. these security bastards that are just trying to upcharge because we can, like yeah. 
we're, we're doing the best we can to offer a pro a quality product at, a an, a, a, a acceptable price. And, you know, we're still working on our manufacturing, like as our yeah. quantities go up, pricing gets better. So, I mean, this, it, it is a process, but we, we are, we do understand that it is a premium price and we know it's yeah. not going to be for everybody, but for those that, you know, do understand and are willing to, to spend the money, like it, it, well, and, and you look at the, when you look at the, what are, this is a premium bow site, premium mover bow site. And you look at the rest of the market. If you take the time to research the other products within the market, we are right in line with everybody else. It's, Yes, it's still a lot of money and that's not an excuse for why the price is where it's at, but we did our homework on what everybody else was charging and, and making sure that, I mean, that's why we fought to get it down to as low as we possibly could to be able to get it to be competitive with everything else. And it's the other important thing to note on the branding side is you don't, we want to be, we are a premium company. We're a premium brand. We want to create a premium experience. You don't launch a premium brand by launching with a hundred dollar item and then coming out with a five hundred dollar item a year later um, you right. have to start you have to start with the most important and the the products that are the backbone of the premium aspect of your company so well yeah and you said right off the bat um you said right right away that quality was your guys's number one concern um and quality doesn't quality isn't cheap right it's not cheap oh. it's not cheap another thing that a lot of guys I, I shouldn't say a lot. There's been a handful of guys that want to call out the price on social media or archery forums. Um, and lots of times they don't see a response from us because it's, if they want to talk to us about the price, they can come to us somewhere other than the comment section of Instagram. But the other thing that's important to note is that there are innovative features on this bow site that are not being done anywhere else in this industry right now. And with innovation comes price. I mean, you don't, you don't get to try a new innovative thinking without having to pay for it. So, right. yeah. and it costs, and it costs a lot to produce innovative <clears throat> thoughts and yep. to, to, to engineer and to come up and develop those things. So, yeah. And again, we understand, and we're totally aware that it's, you know, because of that, it's not for everybody, but Hey, some people drive a Chevy Silverado and some people think that a Honda Ridgeline is a truck. So, it, you know, it's not, it's not for everybody, but we're trying to, you know, build the most premium product that we can and, um, you know, start with our best foot forward. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, uh, you no know, offense to anybody that drives a Honda Ridgeline. <laughs> Great. <laughs> you can just see the DM blowing up. What do you have to do with Honda Ridgeline? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Taylor, you should give Scott the keys to the Instagram account. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a feeling we would need to get an HR department very quickly if yeah. I let <laughs> or at least an attorney. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, no, I think I mean this is so in terms of price. My personal opinion is there's a price point for for everything. If you don't like the price, but you like the site, there's no like you got to buy the price. You got to pay for it right? You got to pay for the quality that you want. You can't want the Matthews V3X and want to pay $300 for it. Like I want the best, but I don't want to pay anything, make it cheaper. Well, then it's not going to be the best. Right. So Correct. yeah, there's that give and take and that, and if people don't want it, that's okay. You know, there's certain people who don't, um, I want to support you guys. I, I was looking, I've had the same black gold site for, 
I don't know, seven years and it's starting to kind of rust out and whatnot. So I was like, oh, perfect timing. I'll give this a shot and see what, see where it goes. Um, we won't let you down. <laughs> all right. I hope not. You know what the other, the other thing though, is that I think, are you guys the only one that has a, a lifetime warranty? Like, I think that's awesome in itself to have we're, a site that's going to last me forever. We're not the only ones. And I mean, like the fact of the matter is like you said, like if somebody doesn't spend the premium price, there are a lot of really good sites out there for less money. And that's, that's fine. But no, there, there are other companies that are offering, um, you know, lifetime warranty. And, okay. um, you know, when we say lifetime warranty, it's, I mean, it is the lifetime, whether it's, you know, a hand-me-down or secondhand or whatever, like, like if, if you buy something from us, it's like, we're, we're going to support you no matter what. Like, yeah. so the, the, um, the, when I say lifetime warranty and like the no BS comment that I add in parentheses behind that, it's, it's one of those deals. I mean, everybody's had this happen with a product, even outside of the hunting industry. I'm talking just in general with lifetime warranties where you call them three years afterwards and you had an issue with something and they say, well, you bought that on December 9th of 2021. And actually you need to pay us $50 for us to service that product now because it's there lost some of its that value, know. that kind of thing. It's like they technically still have lifetime warranty because they're willing to help you with their product, but they're going to charge you a little service fee or whatever sure. it might be. And that's not the case with us. Like it's going it, to, and I know everybody, there's been some jokes that float around like, well, what if they're, well, how good is a lifetime warranty if they're not around in three years? It's like, yeah, well, hope. then it's no good. That's true. You, you could say right. that about a lot of other stuff. You, you're yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. What happens? Oh man. I had a, I had a buddy who, uh, I, I'm not going to mention the company's names or anything, but he bought a, bought a piece of outdoor gear. And then within like six months, the company got sold and the new company who bought it was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, man. You're shit out of luck. They're like, dude, this is lifetime warranty or whatever. And they're like, yeah, sorry. You can send it to us and uh, we'll, we'll get you a new one and send it back. So he sent it in. He hasn't got it back in nine months. Yeah, so he's just wow. like, he's and like, that, what do I do now? <laughs> and that's like the other thing. I mean, like when you look like, like the three of us, like, I mean, we, we were in our consumers. So it's like, right. like, we know what it's like. Like, I mean, even though like I've been in the industry for most of my life, like I'm also a consumer. Like I know what it's like to deal with shitty companies that treat you like garbage, like yeah. want your money. But then as soon as they get it, you, you don't mean anything to them. And that's, that's like very important to us. Like I said, it goes back to the whole thing. Like if you buy something from us, you're part of our team. Yep. Like yep. we're not, we're going to support you. And not only if it's 50, if it's 50 customers or 5,000 customers, they're all going to get they're treated all the, the same. same. And, yep. you know, quality product is our top priority, but also quality customer service. Like when you look at products, like there's a lot of really good products out there. Like majority of us were using the same materials, like other than the art. So like, there's a lot of new technology in there, but could consumers have a lot of options, right? Like, so we're all fighting for every dollar, but where we can compete and we will succeed and thrive is in our customer service. Like that's the one yeah. thing we can control and we will like, we will be the best at that. So. Awesome. Great to hear. All right. Any, anything else? Off on social media, then we're going to have problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No sites for you. Yeah. <laughs>
Um, customer, service, customer service, the last little comment on customer service and the importance that it is to us. The, the thing that's important to remember is that customer service is something that's controlled by the goodness in your heart as the owners of the company. And that's something that is very, I mean, it sounds, it might sound like a, like something you'd read in some feel good book or something, but it, it, it's the easiest thing to control is customer service and how you treat the people that are, are, uh, supporting you. So there's no, there's no money. There's no special equipment that's needed to do it. It's all just in the, in treating people the right way. So, yep. Agreed. All right. Awesome. Well, is there anything else you guys wanted to say about dialed that we missed? I think that's pretty much the, that's the quick rundown. I mean, we've only been in business for two weeks, so I'm sure they'll probably be more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. I know. And I know like some of the questions that I've talked to my buddies about already is like, okay, so there's an archery, they're an archery company, like they're making sites. What are they making next? But I'm sure you guys don't even have that figured out yet. Uh, we, we kind of do, but yeah, I mean, that's We're not willing to talk about it. No, I mean, it's, it's one step <laughs> at a time. Like, right. Like George before like we're walking before we run but we're also planning for the future but yeah. right now i mean just taking one day at a time and you know every i mean honestly like we like yesterday i mean every day there's a battle there's a fire so mm-hmm. you know <clears throat> we're just trying to win each day but yeah i mean we, we do have ideas for future and i mean dial is not going to be just a one product brand like no we plan on this being you know a, a multi-category <laughs> you know, brand. So yes, there, there is a lot that we have on paper, but for now we're going to start with Arxos, make sure that's, you know, it's as successful as it can be before we move on to, you know, something else. So, but yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. our wish list is pretty, is pretty big. <laughs> right. So what, what, what'd you see the way over here? We're shooting for the moon. Yeah. <laughs> to the moon. Yeah. You know. No, that's awesome. All right. Well, um, all right. So that's dialed. What about let's run through any each let's go one each of you at a time Taylor Scott and Jordan let's talk about one thing in the whitetail woods that you thought was like cool or something that happened this year Scott are you guiding in the Midwest or are you out west you know uh, Wyoming Wyoming or have you yeah. been in the whitetail woods this year or no uh for a total of I have I have for myself I have about nine hours in a tree stand this year. <laughs> I'll start with I'll start with a, a, a deer story for you. All right. I'll make it pretty pretty short and sweet here. But during the rut, I was sitting on my uh, family farm here, and there's a there's one deer that's daylighting quite a bit, and he's like uh, he's not a giant deer by any means, but like a hundred and thirty inch deer that is just a, a mature buck, five and a half year old deer. So my dad and I have been targeting him all all fall and. I was sitting in a new spot that we kind of call like a sanctuary area that we just never hunt. It's really hard to hunt with the wind directions. You're basically, if you're going to go sit in there, you're always going to be busting something because the deer will come from all kinds of directions in there. And it was middle of the day, just like everybody always says with mature bucks during the rut. And all of a sudden I heard loud grunting to my South and over the course of the next 30 minutes, I had that target deer run by me mock speed grunting on every single stride that he took five times within 50 yards but i was at full draw twice and i could not get him to stop moving 
I went to shot him at 50, but I would just come to full draw when I'd hear him start yeah. to grunt and run towards me. And he was chasing little bucks around and chasing does around. It was the, the, the coolest experience I've ever had in the, in the whitetail woods in my entire life of hunting. And it, and I didn't get to shoot him, but it was, it still is, uh, it's so cool to be able to experience those quick moments when, when those bucks are losing their minds. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it is, it's something that we all like, that's what everybody dreams the rut is, right? That's what everyone thinks they're going to see every day. And you really only see it like once every five years, right? Yeah. Just yeah. like all of a sudden the chaos breaks loose and you're like, yes, it's finally here. Uh, yeah. All right, Scott, what did you, what do you guide for elk or muleys or everything or everything? Yeah. And, uh, antelope, mule deer, whitetail elk. Um, we did a Shire smooth hunt this year, which was pretty cool. Nice. Um, so yeah, I really, I mean, I was out there from August until middle of November, mm -hmm. um, with not a lot of free time in between, but, um, but it, it honestly, like it was, it was kind of like probably one of the more fun falls I've had. Um, you know, it just getting to, um, get to experience a lot of success. I, well, not only that, but just like experience other people's like excitement, you know, like I, I was just when listening to Taylor's story, I was thinking of like, I mean, all the animals that we harvested that I was part of, like, I think every single one, when it came time to like pull the trigger or, you know, going on the blood trail, I think I was just as excited as the hunter was. So it was kind yeah. of a totally different side of hunting. Um, so yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it's, it's a grind. It's a lot of hard work, but you know, you meet a lot of cool people from different backgrounds and stuff, but, um, the, I did, so I had like three days off in between hunts and I drove 17 hours from Wyoming, uh, to my farm in Illinois yeah. and I hunted a day and a half there and my first morning. So I hunted an evening and then a whole day the next day. And I went into the spot, like there's a scrape that's like the size of a car hood. We had a camera over it. And there was, I don't know, like 10 different shooter bucks hitting that scrape, like within the last two weeks. So I'm sitting there and it was right at first light, like two minutes past legal shooting light. And I saw this buck to my left. I didn't have a shot at it, but it picked its head up. And I was like, oh, that's pretty solid. It was a 10 pointer, like probably mid one forties, but yeah. I couldn't really see like you know, I was trying to gauge how old he was. Cause I mean, we managed the properties pretty strict, like mature deer only. And by the time I realized like, you know, okay, that's probably a good deer to shoot. He was stepping through my 40, it was like 45 yard, like shooting lane. Yeah. But I, still, I was like, yeah. I, I realized like guiding, I became more of an animal watcher than an animal. <laughs> I watched this deer walk through my shooting window. And, uh, when it got past, I realized how big it was. And I was like, son of a bitch, that one's, I'm probably going to get that one. But I was like, oh, there's tons of bucks showing up on this camera. Like, I'm sure I'll see something, you know. So I hunted all day. And so almost a 12-hour sit, and that's the only deer I saw. Oh, so, really? Yeah, I didn't see a single deer after that. So, <laughs> and then the next day, I had to get up and hit the road and head back to the Wyoming. And, <clears throat> yeah, oh, so man. I pulled over in Iowa. I got a speeding ticket. So, yeah, it was a great, <laughs> it was a great trip. <laughs> so no yeah I didn't unfortunately I didn't get to get things to hunt a lot for myself but now I mean I'm done done out there and um you know I have a couple trips back down to Illinois for late season so I'm I'm looking forward to I like I enjoy the late season hunting um so looking forward to that so hopefully you know that'll work out but yeah 
So for the late season, real quick before Jordan pops in, um, what is your, are you, do you guys just have like a food plot that you sit or what do you like to target? It's all, it's all over food. Um, okay. So generally not hunting a lot of mornings unless there's a reason to, um, because of a lot of our access is through fields. Um, you know, if you go in there in the morning, a lot of times you just can blow them out. So it's a lot of evenings over there, some standing corn or standing beans, um, or we have a lot of, you know, food plots with like radishes and turnips and stuff. So, okay. um, yeah, it, it's all, it's all food, but you know, if you get the right, the right day with some cold weather, I mean, it's, it's so much fun. You see a lot of, a lot of deer and a lot of good deer and, um, Illinois muzzleloader season actually starts next weekend. So I'll go down for that. And yeah, I, I enjoy the, the late season. It's just, it's kind of more relaxed. I mean, nothing beats rut hunting. I mean, like Taylor experiencing, I mean, that's, that's like what you wait all year for, but, um, I actually, I, I do enjoy the late season hunting. So yeah. All right. Good to know. Appreciate the info. All right, Jordan, you're up. Yeah. Well, I'll start with, I get the badge of honor of being the first person to ever miss a buck with a dialed bow sight. Um, <laughs> nothing, nothing to do with the site. It was my own stupidity, but, um, beginning of, uh, November, I was sitting, uh, we kind of had some weird winds, um, some like southeasterly winds and east winds that somewhat uncommon. Um, so I was sitting in a stand off of a brassica plot that I have that I normally hunt, but the wind was wrong for it. So I was sitting, um, kind of south, far enough south of it where my wind wasn't going to booger it up if a, if a deer popped into it. <clears throat> and um, probably 15 minutes after sunrise, I see this doe. I'm sitting over a, it's a plowed wheat field um, that there's just been a lot of chasing in. So I figured it'd just be right. a good observation to kind of see where they're coming, where they're going. And um, see this doe at like 400 yards, just full clip running right at me, uh, like full steam ahead. There's a bigger block of woods just to my north, about 60 yards. And she ends up going in there. And I kind of like sat up on the edge of my seat, like, all right, let's let's party. Here we go. Yeah. And sure enough, 10 minutes later, um, had a decent eight pop out. And I've got a target buck um, in my area that I've named Sling Slingshot because he's got brow tines that look like, you know, just like the cartoon Slingshot. Yeah. And um, I threw the binox up and was like, shoot, it's not him, but man, that's a good buck. If he comes close enough, you know, I'll, I'll maybe take a crack at him. So he piles into the woods just north of me. And it's kind of a crapshoot whether he's, they go straight north when they hit the woods and go straight away from me or kind of cut in and circle around somewhat close to where I was. And um, sure enough, five minutes later, I look over my right shoulder towards that plot. And this buck is standing dead center in the plot, just like looking for this doe, like, where'd she go? Where'd she go? And I was yeah. like, well, nothing else to lose. So I snort wheezed at him <clears throat> and immediately he just bristled up and just peg leg walked straight to the base of my tree. It was about probably about 60 yards he had to cover and he covered it oh, like barely yeah. enough time for me to get my bow off the hanger and get situated. And um, he ended up coming to the base of my tree. He was at like 10 yards. Uh, behind a cedar so I drew back waiting for him to take two more steps so I could get the shot and for no reason he walked straight backwards and looped around in the cover so I let down and I knew where he was about to pop out at was going to be about 30 yards so I rolled the dial to 30 got ready to draw again and he kind of um, kind of bumped a little bit and ran around to the back side of my tree so I had to let down again get to the other side of the tree and uh draw back and I was you know in my head I was thinking yeah he's probably still about 30 still about 30 so I stopped him and uh shot broke felt great and immediately I was like oh no and I just watched the arrow go 
six inches below his belly and he ran off. And uh, as soon as he ran off, there was some motion to the right on the other side of me. And there's my target buck. I snort wheezed him in at the same time as this buck. So I watched my target buck chase off the buck that I had just missed, you know, off into the morning mist, never to be seen from the stand. Oh, man. Oh, it's yeah. that, one, that one took a little while to recover from. I think I would have wrapped my lifeline around my neck. <laughs> That's about what I felt like. <laughs> yep. Right. But oh, that to be said, it's been the best, the best season I've had ever i think even you know with that miss even it's still been it's been a great year and i still got some hope we've got some time left here yeah dang yeah well at least you guys have had some awesome i mean between you and taylor had awesome days and you know scott i'm sorry you only saw one right away at first light but you know watching watching deer is fun too yeah <laughs> somebody's gonna watch them yeah <laughs> Right? Yeah. You, Mark, Mark Offer made a living out of it. So, I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I bet, uh, yeah, I bet sitting there, Scott, you're probably like, hey, you, you're looking at someone to tell them to shoot it. Hey, you should shoot that. You should shoot that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah. Gun. Yeah. yeah. It was funny because, like, I was, yeah, I'm just stupid. <laughs> I'm surprised you even tell the story. Yeah, I'm surprised you're not like it was just a 140 I passed and I was just gonna <clears throat> well, I mean it was just it was first morning and I mean I was just kind of I mean I knew he was a good buck, but I just I didn't know I was trying to get a better look at how mature he was, and then by the time I realized it, I was like, well shit. <laughs> yeah, that, that one's gonna hurt. And so then... here's a I got a question for you. So as a as a guide. Scott, and then we can, we can sign off here. I know you guys got, got to get rolling. Um, do you believe in like the rule or the, the thing that, that people always say that's like, don't pass the first day what you'd shoot the last? Um, I do, but there are exceptions. Um, okay. and ultimately, I mean, all the, I mean, every, I mean, you talk to like any, like every guide's kind of got their own, like, you know, thought on that, like, I don't ever want somebody to kill something that they're not going to be happy with. Like, I don't want anybody to kill something just because they feel like they need to kill something. Sure. Um, and like, like perfect example is the last hunter I had this year. Um, a very, very experienced hunter, um, had a whitetail tag and we went back. I mean, we hunted our asses off. Like, I mean, we were putting on probably 10 to 11 miles for whitetails, like looking for whitetails, like way back, like in the mountains and stuff. And, we found a really, really good one. And we were on him every day. just couldn't get a shot. And then all of a sudden it came down to his last day, hunted that morning, saw him, but just, you know, couldn't, couldn't get on him. And, uh, so that evening I, you know, I asked him, I'm like, what do you want to do? Do you want to hike back in there? And he's like, no, he's like, I, I don't have the energy to hike back in there. I'm like, all right, well, I got another spot we could go to where it's just more kind of, you know, we'll sit up on this tail or overlook some alfalfa fields we'll see a lot of deer, but we probably won't see a deer like that, but you know, whatever. And he ended up shooting, um, a substantially smaller buck, but still a mature eight point. It was a good management deer, but like, he was still happy as hell, even though he came there to try to shoot the biggest buck in camp and yeah. he ended up shooting the smallest one, even though it's still a mature deer. Um, but it, it, in the end, it's, if, if the hunter's happy with it, I really don't care, but I don't ever want to see somebody shoot something just because I feel like they have to kill it. And then when they walk up to it, they're like disappointed. I mean, we always try to kill mature animals only and that we live by that. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, if, if, if there's a shooter on the first day and they're happy with it, hundred percent, like, you know, you got to cat hunting's hard. Like it doesn't matter where you are. And, you know, we always say like, we have zero control. Like we don't control the animals. We can't control the weather. We can't control other people. Like you literally have all the odds stacked up against us. So when an opportunity presents itself, you should probably take advantage of it. So we definitely keep that in mind, but you know, we also, I mean, we listen to the hunters and, you know, we also know if there's better animals around that we might have a good chance at like, so it's, it's a gamble, but yeah, I mean, for the most part though, I mean, if it's, if it's something you'd kill on the, on the last day, we'll kill it on the first day. Got it. All right. Awesome. I just had to ask you that. I haven't had a guide on the, on the podcast yet. So I had to throw that in there quick. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Awesome guys. Well, thank you so much for joining. Um, if people want to find it, it's dialedarchery.com. It's dialed archery on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. It's all dialed D I A L E D archery, right? Yep. Yep. Right. Sign up for the newsletter okay. on our website. That's yep. kind of where we're updating people first. Yep. That's right. Yeah. When you get onto their website, it kind of pops up to like sign up for your newsletter. Yeah. Go ahead, do that. And then you get that's how I got early access to the pre-order. That was cool. You guys sent out a password to everybody that had the newsletter. Yeah. And thanks again. Yeah. Anthony, thank you for again for your support. support and... Oh yeah. You bet. You bet. I hope, I hope the site's good. I mean, I don't, I, <laughs> my expectations aren't that high, but you know, I hope it's good. It will be. It'll be happy. <laughs> like I said, if, if we wouldn't use it, we wouldn't sell it. So yeah, right. if we're going to use it, you'll, you'll like it. All right. Awesome, guys. Well, hey, have a great rest of your day. Um, Enjoy it. And for everybody listening, if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Uh, Please hit that like button and share with your friends. Leave a review. Really appreciate that. And again, get entered to win that uh, Lone Wolf Custom Gear tree stand. $500 stand just sitting here in my garage ready to go to somebody that's going to use it. All right. Catch you guys later.